What's up, guys? Welcome to Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying, the podcast that helps aspiring bosses go from nine to fives to seven-figure CEOs. I am your host, Asia Abstin, former bartender turned serial entrepreneur and coach to over 2,000 students. And I am on a mission to help you manifest your dream life, 10X your salary, and step into every room like you own the place. Each week, my guest and I will cover everything money, business, and mindset related to push you to be your absolute best self. You will also be getting financial literacy tips, game-changing perspectives, and passive income plays to impact your confidence and your bottom line. You'll learn how to work smarter, not harder, stop sleeping on your own potential, and climb the success ladder cocktail in hand. Are you ready? Let's get it. Three, two, one, yeah. All right, get rich or get drunk trying party people. I am so freaking excited today. Um, I was on an incredible podcast a few weeks ago. One of the best interviews I have ever done, by the way. And this chick was so awesome. She was so in alignment with me and my brand, I had to bring her on Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying. So I love, 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 love for you to give a big round of applause for the one and the only Marie Wold. Welcome. Thank you so much. So excited to like return or close the loop of us podcasting together because that episode was so good. And I know we both finished the interview being like, we could have talked for five more hours. Like it went by so fast. It did. And that's why I knew we had to not just do a continuation, but bring it on over here to my audience so that they could get the gems as well. But for anyone who does not know you, which I don't know how that's possible because I've been talking about you for three weeks, please introduce us to the world of Marie. Yeah. Where do I even begin? I guess the beginning. Um, I am one of those people where you hear the story of always being an entrepreneur. I sold my first thing on the internet when I was in high school. I was 17 years old. Um, I just had started an Instagram account when it was fresh and new. It was still the platform where you like posted the square photos with the Valencia filter and just did like hashtag sunset. Like that was what Instagram was back in the day. What a time. What a time. And I started documenting my journey with like eating healthy and working out and it was, um, uh, athlete. And so I just started documenting like my health goals and stuff. And eventually over the course of like six months, I amassed following of like 10,000 people, which back then influencers on social media were not a thing. No one was making money on social media yet. Bloggers were more of a thing, but still kind of obscure. Um, And I decided, you know, maybe I should start like selling the stuff that I'm posting. And I started selling these seven to $10 clean eating recipe eBooks. And I figured out how to take photos of them. Digital products? You were doing digital products in high school? When I was 17 and, and like no resource existed for this. I made like PDFs with a photo and the recipe and I wrote all the recipes. And they were basically just like healthy versions of any like yummy food that you want. Mm-hmm. And I made them, I figured out how to like collect people's money and send the digital download, all this stuff. I figured out how to do it on my own. Um, my dad did pay for my first domain. That is the only thing my 
dad has ever paid for because people will be like oh my god it's daddy's money my dad that's bought what they always domain, say don't so let us be is, rich bad you know? bitches on our own it's always somebody's yeah. parent or somebody's boyfriend falls you diy'd it at 17 mm-hmm. doing that a digital product I, that just blows my mind because digital products are one of my favorite ways to make money in the world how rich and yeah. obscene would I be if I had started that at 17? Like, okay. All right. right? Okay. So and I sold it. them. Yeah. I sold like hundreds of them and I made more money selling those than I made the whole summer of nannying, which I hated the whole time. So I was like, okay, there's something here. I continue documenting and growing my following, building an audience, influencing becomes a thing. And so as I'm going through college, I'm also a college athlete. I'm getting two degrees. So I'm really busy. I start working with brands on the side. And by the time I graduate college, I am making a full-time income. Like I'm making like 50 to 70 grand a year working with brands, just like posting content. I also did bikini competitions at the time. So it's like very interesting to people, like very viral content. Like I had like an eight pack, right? So very- Before we even knew what viral content was. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. I was going viral and I also started a YouTube. So I was a content machine working with brands. And eventually I decided, okay, you know what? I- don't want to take this job offer that I got out of college. I need to figure out how to make this into my own business. And I also don't want to wait for brands to decide to pay me. I want to be able to control my revenue. So that's when I start doing online fitness coaching because that was something that people had been asking me for. And I had an app and I had all this stuff, but I really wanted like that recurring high ticket revenue that coaching comes with because you can have people locked in for a contract for three months, six months, 12 months, like long-term payments from people that are hundreds of dollars per person. And I saw that that was the way to like really stack a lot of revenue organically. So I started online coaching and fast forward a few years, I scaled my fitness coaching business to multiple six figures. And I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been a marketer. I've always loved the business side. And so it became a no brainer once people started asking me to help them with their businesses and help them scale as coaches to take more of that role. And now I've been fully business coaching, loving that for several years. And my clients and I are making millions a year. We love an origin story. I mean, to be starting from 17 just alone is impressive. To be doing digital products, which only 2% of the planet is even producing, and to be doing it 10 years ahead of the game alone should tell you guys why Maria is on the show, why I wanted her to talk to us all, because I only have people on that I can learn from. And I'm inspired by, and I've got my notebook out. These questions are not just for the get rich community. They are for me. I know, right? I I love having a podcast for that reason. Like whose brain do I want to pick this week? Yes, I should have them as a guest. Literally, it is a whole strategy, folks. Get Uh into it. Okay, now let's talk about the money. Before we even do anything else, I want to talk money. All right. So you have made millions as an online coach. What channels have created like the biggest payouts for you? What products or what services or what media did you use to make the most money? And then we'll work our way back into the other good stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah, of course. So like I was saying, uh, with online coaching, the reason why I love this business model is because it is so easy to stack large amounts of revenue, recurring revenue, even with a small audience, even with super low overhead, similar to like drop shipping, like there's no overhead or there's no inventory, there's low overhead, it's all happening digitally on your side. Um, and so that's something I love so much about it. But really what has created the biggest cash flow is the high ticket one-on-one clients or group coaching clients. And what I teach a lot of the people I mentor is like, start with your one-on-one because that is your fastest way to gain traction. That is your fastest way to understand your ideal client, to really nail your methods, your philosophy, your client delivery, really get like proof of concept and dial in the foundation of your business. And I have some clients who really scale just like their one-on-one coaching. Maybe they bring in assistant coaches. Maybe they are automating different pieces of it, but they have like multiple six-figure businesses just with one-on-one clients. Despite a common misconception. It is scalable if you have the right strategies and systems and support. I think a lot of people see one-on-one coaching or coaching in general just as like trading time for money. And I would say early on it, it is, but there are so many ways to overcome that problem, quote unquote. Um, And then of course, once you have more proof of concept, once you have more demand, visibility, authority, adding in other offers like group coaching, which is a more one-to-many model or even digital products or different memberships. Like there are so many different layers you can go and there are infinite paths in terms of which team members you can hire, what parts of the business you can scale, automate, delegate, bring in other coaches working under you, um, not to mention adding other revenue streams like courses or brand partnerships or podcast ads or things like that. So it's I love it as a business model. And I would say the biggest leverage point for most people I work with is like nailing the high ticket, longer term coaching contracts and stacking those. Cause it's so much easier to even hit like $10,000 a month than people realize. I agree with that a hundred percent. And on that note, I want to ask yeah. you who gave you permission to do high ticket or did you just decide that you were going to do high ticket? Because I feel it with a lot of my students, they feel like they need to wait on me to tell them Yes, it's okay to sell Mm -hmm. something for over X amount of dollars. So where did you have that Mm -hmm. breakthrough for yourself? Yeah, because I was one of the really like early adopters of online coaching as well. I didn't really have like a benchmark of how much I should be charging. I started out charging $200 a month, which people still charge, but I would say industry standard is like $250 to $500 a month. And I've also had clients charge $800 a month, $1,000 a month. But I was I was below industry standard before industry standard was a thing. Was a and it was not right. until I was yeah. It was not until I was like burned out and struggling before I realized I needed to raise my prices as like a necessity versus a strategy. So my initial price increase and starting to like charge what my services were actually worth was more of an act of survival than, than like a act of claiming my space. But now I do have to have that conversation with so many of my clients like, okay, let's project this out. 
you charge $200 a month, $100 a month. Some people have come to me saying, I charge $75 a month. I'm like, girl, we cannot, we cannot build an empire that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll have my clients like reverse engineer. Oh, you want to make $10,000 a month. This is how many hours you'd have to work to do that. Obviously we changed the business model and the offer structure and the team and all this stuff too. But like, Sometimes people really need to do the math to realize that it's not even feasible for them to like be undercharging. Very smart. Love it. I am a queen of high ticket. I promote it all the time. And Mm -hmm. just on that note, I want to tell everybody listening, you decide when you're high ticket. That's it. There is no like, Mm -hmm. I have this amount of followers or I have this degree or this paperwork. You just make the decision. And then, like Marie said, reverse engineer, walk backwards to see what type of services and and support you can provide to your people, coach or otherwise, to um, Mm -hmm. make that price relevant. And then price yourself based on the transformation that you give people, not on how many hours that you worked or, you know, what type of time you put into the thing or the time that they spend with you. But what breakthrough, what challenge can you get people across? What bridge yeah. can you build If you're about to them? change someone's life, like, can, can we just agree that that is valuable? And like, you can, you can set prices that stretch people and that are even uncomfortable for people to pay. And they're still going to pay them because they want what you can give them. And that is such a, such an edge for so many of my clients because they're like, well, I've only helped this many people or I'm only this old or I've only helped 5 million people in real life, but I've never coached anyone online or whatever. There's all these reasons. And at the end of the day, like you can charge literally whatever the fuck you want. I hear so many people saying no one's paying for coaches right now. No one wants to invest in mentorship right now. Blah blah blah. Yes, they do. Meanwhile, my clients are having their highest months ever, raising their prices, having sold out launches. Like it's such a story, and you're gonna find evidence for whatever you're looking for. But people have money, and and people are willing to pay for things if you know how to communicate to them that it is going to change your life, then it is worth it. And something really interesting happens when you actually charge more is that the perceived value immediately goes up even without changing the product. Not saying you should just double, triple your prices out of the blue, but you'd be surprised that your clients show up more. They're more consistent because they have more skin in the game. They get better results. They take it more seriously. And so there's, there's no like formula for what you're supposed to charge, but I think, you know, if you're undercharging, like, I think, you know, even if you're unwilling to admit it, pick the number girl and stick to it. I mean, my, my male students don't Mm -hmm. have this problem. Only women, for some reason, Mm -hmm. we feel like everything's got to be a value and a deal. No, it doesn't just be luxurious, be the luxurious, high ticket, high quality, uh, service provider that mm-hmm. you are and stand on it and say your price with a period and the right people will yeah. pay and, and the wrong people won't. And yeah. that's better for you and your business. I knew my girl would support this. I knew, you know what? We'll talk but like you said, you said it's luxurious, the brand, like the brand, the energy, the confidence behind it is such a big part of having those high ticket prices. Like it has to be a vibe. And I always say that selling is a transfer of confidence. So if you're going to set high ticket prices, like you need to back that up energetically with your delivery. And like you said, say your prices with a period. Yes, that's major. Selling is a transfer of confidence. Write that down because that is goddamn good. (laughs) All right, listen, we're going to talk all day. 
and I'm not going to get to these questions. So hold on. Let's spin the block. I have a question for you. Now, what do you drink when you are celebrating a five-figure day, a six-figure launch? Talk to me. Are you a cocktail girl? What is the get drunk cocktail of the week? Yeah, so I'm a huge gin girl. Huge gin girl and a huge champagne girl. So naturally... If I'm going to pick a cocktail, it's going to be a French 75 usually. Like if I'm going for the bougie vibes, I want a French 75, maybe with like some lavender bitters. If I'm feeling like some, some little extra spice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, love it. Favorite gin is Hendrix. Um, what else? Yeah. I, I know the recipe by heart because I'm obsessed with it. But be careful because French 75s will get you fucked up. Like you are, your mixer is more alcohol. So, yes, God. Yes. Those are the type of Mm -hmm. cocktails that we like. I, this completely matches you. You are also a horse girl. So, a gin 75 just isn't complete. It's so on brand. Yeah. A French 75. Love it. On brand. As always, I will put a recipe down in the show notes for you guys. I will make sure it is Marie's favorite recipe. You only need three ingredients. You cannot mess it up. Mm-hmm. Such a, Actually, what time? It's like 3.30 my time. I need to go get a cocktail. Yeah, you could for sure start. You have inspired me in so many ways and even to drink. So <laughs> cheers I appreciate to Marie. That. That's a good one. Okay, next up, I want to know. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you are seeing people make when they want to get into the online coaching industry? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is like all entrepreneurs, anyone getting into any industry, but like people just waiting for everything to be perfect. People just waiting for it to be just so, oh, I need to figure out exactly how to structure this. I need to figure out exactly what my prices are. I need to figure out exactly my perfect niche. I need to have perfect lighting. Like you can perfectionist yourself to death to the point where you just stay at zero forever and you talk yourself out of it. Like every single day. And I was just, I just made a post about this, about how even people with seven figure, multiple seven figure, eight figure businesses, they are imperfect. Their businesses are imperfect. Like shit is happening behind the scenes that you don't know about. It is never perfect. Yeah. And if you are waiting to have your shit all the way together to get started, you will never start. You will never make progress. If you wait, oh, I need to really like get comfy and perfect this level before I go to the next level, like you're not going to grow. It's just like letting go of that perfectionist self-sabotage is so big. And that's not unique to my industry. That's like literally with anything, Everybody, but I cannot reiterate it enough. I totally agree. I mean, and I'm, I'm really of two minds on this. On one side, I feel like people who are perfectionists are really just full of shit. They're too scared to launch. They're too scared. Mm -hmm. They're not brave enough. They won't put the thing out there. So they just need to keep tweaking it and perfecting it over and over and over as a mask for the fact that they just don't have the balls to put the thing out there. And that might not be everybody, but I've got 4,000 students and the perfectionists usually never actually put the thing out. And then my Mm -hmm. other um, puzzle piece to perfectionism is like, I have an iPhone 14. Apple's the biggest company on the planet. They keep releasing the same goddamn phone every (laughs) single year. And all they do is change like 
one piece of the camera or uh-huh. the, the and we still color. line up to buy it every and time they still line up to buy the same phone every single time so like mm-hmm. if the biggest company on planet earth can re-release the same product every single year what is mm-hmm. you know why do you feel like your thing needs to be perfect and if you waited until it's perfect you waited way too late you should yeah. be yeah. downright Give yourself permission to iterate yes Thank yes. you. You should be embarrassed by the first thing you ever drunk. God knows mm-hmm. I am. Like, I am so ashamed oh of all that material. And it still made me five, six, and seven figures. So I was making exactly. money while I was working on the thing. I think that is, it will never be overstated to just launch the thing, tweak it as you go. It will never be done. It will never be perfect. But at least we can make a few million dollars in the meantime. Amen. Yeah. You are truly like entrepreneurship is literally building the airplane as you fly. Like, okay, we need to upgrade the wings. Great. We're going to do that as we go. Like our pilot just passed the fuck out. So we're replacing her right now. Like, you know, you are building it as you go and you're like chopping and changing stuff as you go. But you cannot wait to have the airplane be like a 747 before you start. Like just start where you are with what you have. If you can invest in mentorship, amazing things are going to happen so much faster for you. But even if you can't, like there is so much out there. There are more resources than ever before. If I could figure out how to sell an ebook in 20. 12, 2013, where there At was 17 years there were old. no tutorials for this. If I can figure out how to do that, I didn't know a single person who was doing it. You can figure out how to do something with your business today because there's so much more available to you than there was to me. Amen. Amen to no excuses. Um, okay, next up. If someone wanted to get into the online coaching industry, what would be their first three steps to take? So I think the biggest thing is figuring out what problem you're solving, which I'm sure is really similar to what you teach. And really that's the root of selling things is like either bringing people pleasure or solving a problem somehow. And so figuring out what is the problem that I can solve that people are willing to pay for. Usually people get really tripped up on this of like, oh, I need to like crack this master code. They want to cure cancer. Honestly, it's not that 90%. (laughs) 90% of the time, it's literally thinking, where was I like two to five years ago? And could I help that version of me? And usually that's a great place to start. Usually that's a great like ideal client for when you're first starting out. Because if I looked at myself five years ago, I would have so much to tell her and the things that I know would blow her mind. Or even when I started fitness coaching, like three to five years prior me would have blown her mind. And you know, I've done like all, I did all the certifications. I did all this stuff when I was a fitness coach. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars and spent so much time studying for these tests just for them to teach me not shit. Like I took these certifications and I studied all this stuff just to have my own knowledge and experience validated. And I think people are getting so caught up on like, do I know enough to help this person? Am I qualified? Don't get me wrong. Okay, great. I can table that conversation. Yeah, but no, we're, we're going to spend the one, on that one. Yes. <laughs> phase one, figure out who you're helping, what the problem is that you solve. Phase two, you need to build your offer. Phase three, actually, I'll flip this. Phase two, start building an audience and speaking to that person. And as you're doing that, figure out what your offer is 
and just start fucking selling it. Like people are overcomplicating it so much. I need a website. I need a logo. I need like rainbows and butterflies. Like I need a nameplate on my desk. Build an audience. Sell your shit. Like it is. It, it is so butterflies. Oh my god. Are you me? Are we the same person? Because I literally say that every day. Do you really? That's every amazing. single day of my life. And so many people come to me. They're like, "Well, I need a trademark for my trademark." Have you made three dollars? Have you made exactly? What are we protecting? What are we protecting? Why are you hiring a copyright attorney and you haven't sold? You don't even even sold anything. Exactly. Oh my God, all the time. The people want LLCs. They want documentation. They want mm-hmm. a domain. They want click funnels. You I mean, it's like when we dollar. were little, like playing house, right? Like they are playing business, but they do not actually have a business. But it just feels good to have all the pieces in place. I guess it, it feels does. Like a play it, business. It's a play business. It's a, you're scamming yeah. yourself and you're spending all this money that you don't have from profits that don't mm-hmm. exist from a business mm-hmm. in your brain. Like, Get the thing out. That is a phenomenal top three. Uh, listen, take yeah. that advice. No matter what coaching industry, business industry you want to get into, that is top tier advice. Build that audience and solve a problem that people want to pay for. That's a major mm-hmm. key. Stop trying to tell people they have a problem. The major key, the, the way to fast track your business is find people who already know they have a problem. And then Mm -hmm. show them that you've got a solution. That'll shave five years off your marketing. Mm -hmm. Wasting so much time trying to convince people that they have a problem is like such a red flag. If someone is not already dying to fix this thing, if they are not losing sleep over this thing already, it's going to be hard to sell. Yep. Uphill battle. And we don't have time for that. This is get rich or get drunk trying. We don't have, Mm -hmm. we're not here to, you know, pay our phone bill or get drunk trying. We're here to make real cash and make it real fast. Um, Where do you see the online industry going, the coaching industry, like in the next five years, what are the people going to be doing? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question because people have been saying, oh, it's saturated. I'm too late for like three, four, five years now. And it is, I truly feel like it's just getting started. Yeah, Um, The estimated market value for 2022 is $20 billion. So this is a big industry and it's here to stay. Like this is not a fad. This is not like a get rich quick scheme. This is like a genuine industry where people are building large businesses. Like it is it, it it has taken its claim like it has it has set up shop in in the marketplace <laughs> and it's not going anywhere if anything it's continuing to grow i think we've seen time and time again that people are interested in investing in their growth they want to have the resources tools support to self actualize to reach their potential whether that's with their health their fitness their career their spirituality their relationships there are so many types of coaches out there there is literally a coach for, for everything everything and people are not going to stop trying to better themselves make progress like that the personal development world grows in parallel with the coaching world and no one's asking if personal development is slowing down. Never, nor would they. I think that's a really good parallel and a really good point. It's never slowing down. It's only getting bigger and better. And if you're a person Mm -hmm. who thinks that something is too saturated, 
you've got you've got this shit all upside down and all backwards. Like I love a saturated mm-hmm. niche because that proves that there's money yeah. there. That proves proof that of there concept, are baby. Smarter than me making money in that thing. And all I've got to do is find my UVP on the same thing and make all the money too, guys. Like it's all yeah. good. I could sell bottled water and cash out because I mm-hmm. get that there is money already there. Do not sleep on a saturated niche. You just have to exactly. reframe your mind to see what it is that you can bring to the table that somebody else is not bringing. Okay. There's money. Right. There. And luckily, like we figured shit out the hard way when it was earlier on, or at least I did, like I was an early adopter in the coaching space and I genuinely did have to just like be scrappy. But luckily now there's people like you, there's people like me, there's millions of resources for how to enter and like hit the ground running instead of wasting time. I think that's where people say in one breath, I'm too late. It's too saturated. And then, and then in the next breath say, but also I'm going to trial and error and waste time trying to figure it out on my own because I don't want to invest or whatever. And so it's like, okay, you just said that you feel behind, but you're also going to waste more time. You're unwilling to catch up. That the math does not math. It's good math. It's not possible. Exactly. Agree. Agree. We're going to talk about investing in like in two seconds. I want to know though, first, because you've been in the coaching space for going on a decade and Mm -hmm. you've made more money year over year in your business, you've gotten happier. You like life is great. How Mm -hmm. do you stay in this business and stay sane and stay profitable? (laughs) Great questions. And honestly, that's not the easiest answer because entrepreneurship I got time, girl. I got time. I got time. (laughs) It is the ultimate like self-growth personal development exercise. Like I always say that having a business is this constant personal development exercise and it will trigger you. It will hold a mirror up to you. It will magnify like every little wound or limiting belief that you have. But something that I have had to learn along the way is boundaries is regulating my energy and my nervous system and protecting my time, um, ruthlessly prioritizing, keeping my circle tight. Like I have had to learn for my own survival and well-being and sanity, like you said, to have a really, really like strict line of like, what's a no and what's a yes. And if it's not making me happier, healthier, wealthier, hotter, it's a no. And with business, especially with a service-based business where you are very client-faced, you have to be so tight with your energy. You have to be so tight with your boundaries. You have to be able to have your own back because especially with coaching, people are going to bring their shit into your world. People are going to be giving you so much of their energy and asking for so much in return, you're holding space for so many people at a time where you have to have like your self-care, go to therapy, have your own mentor, like get your eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. Like you have to be on top of it. Otherwise you will not last. And I cannot tell you how many people I have seen get into the space, be a seemingly overnight success. They go up so fast because they're just hustling, busting ass, working 25-7 with no boundaries, no time off. They have this massive success really early 
they literally blow up, die, fall off, not actually die, but like their business dies, they fall off the face of the earth, never to be seen again. Like, because I've been in this space for so long, I have seen time and time and time again, these people people be like, wow, how are they doing it? Overnight success, no boundaries, no structure, no strategy, no rest. And they just like are done <laughs> like like they, they cannot burn out that just way. as quickly as they show exactly. up is as quickly as exactly. they burn out I really love what you said I about- always say like we're here for a good time and we're here for a long time yes like, it has both. To be both. okay yeah. I like that too because I would never want to go back to working for anybody else so I need to be here for a good time yeah and a long exactly. time <laughs> and I like what you said yeah. about being ruthless with your priorities. That's something that I struggle Mm -hmm. with. And I know you've spoken about like shiny object syndrome where I've got Mm -hmm. this master plan and the whiteboard is mapped out. And then this new thing comes along and I'm like, oh shit, let's forget everything that I planned for these 12 months and get on this. So I think that that is so key to not get distracted. If it is not on the to-do list, it, it just, it can't happen. If it's not on the schedule, it can't happen because that's how we build long-term businesses that are sustainable while living our best lives and not having one or the other. Exactly. Exactly. Major key. Major key. I hope you guys are writing this all down. Okay. I got another question for you. And this is sister to sister, podcaster to podcaster. Tell me about Make the Bank. We're going to dive back into this episode in just a second. But first, I have to invite you to a very special event. I've talked about my success story as a dropshipper so many times on this podcast, and I'm ready to share more of the game with you. So I'm hosting a free e-commerce masterclass teaching you how to launch and grow an online business without ever buying inventory. And yes, you are invited to attend. Visit freedropshippingtraining.com to register to attend. I cannot wait to see you there. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, so I I actually rebranded my podcast um, o- over the last year. It was previously known as Grind and Be Grateful, which was another phrase that I trademarked. And I still stand by it. It just wasn't as on brand. It was cute. You know, it was cute. And we've kind of like evolved. Right. Like make bank is more now. And um, something that I love about coaching, and this is also something I've trademarked, is that you can make bank while making a difference. Coaching inherently is an industry where the more you help people, the more you can make. And so I'm such an advocate for my clients and for women in general out loud desiring to make ridiculous amounts of money because how we do that in my space is you are helping more and more and more people. You're changing more and more and more lives and you are getting well compensated while you do it. There's this huge like block for a lot of women of like, oh, well, I love it and I'm helping people. So I should like do it for free or I should like be cheap because I'm doing it. Because it's my passion or I'm helping people. And it's like dying. (laughs) Why would they think that? You are changing lives. I think it's this, just the complex of women struggling to 
charge, like see their worth, charge for their expertise. And just because it's something you're passionate about and you like doing does not mean that you should do it for free. That's called a hobby. Absolutely. And a hobby like, is great, but I don't think- pay the bills with a hobby. <laughs> Absolutely. And really you can't be a person that claims to lean into the universe and then think that mm-hmm. you should work for free. If, if you are blessed exactly. and lucky and uh, fabulous enough to monetize a thing that you would do for free, if that's not a giant signal from the universe that you're doing the right thing and you are deserving yeah. of all the great things that come with it, babe, I don't know what you're, I don't know what books you're reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Make Bank has been a big part of my brand because I just see such a need to honestly give women like a permission slip and start the conversation to desire wealth, build wealth, celebrate wealth. Talk about because it. yeah, just talk about it. Be wealthy out loud. <laughs> and so that's what Make Bank is all about. And it is just this constant reminder and a constant pillar of my brand where it's like, no, we are making bank. We're making a difference. We are like building our dream lives and we're doing it unapologetically. Um, especially the coaching space. It's just it's filled with so much about the passion and the love and the impact, but like also everyone wants to make money, whether they're yes. admitting it to themselves or not. I'm just saying it out loud. <laughs> mm, love it. Can you got get rich crew? Can you see why I had to have Marie on my show and why I was so like, I jumped out of my skin when I read about yeah. her podcast and I knew I had to be on it. Cause clearly We are on the same wavelength, giving women permission Mm -hmm. to just be as rich as you want to be, like obnoxiously wealthy, if that's what you want. And and in whatever way that is for you, like for me, it is actual dollars in my account. But for some people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's being able to spend all the time in the world with their kids. So whatever rich and wealthy and healthy and bad bitch is for you, you are allowed to claim it seven days a week. And that's why... Make Bank exists. That's why Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying exists. Of course, I yep. will link it for you guys in the show notes. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to link my episode, you know, so we can just get right to the, uh, yeah, the good of shit. Of course. <laughs> I got it was so good. covered. It was so good. Oh my God. So excited about it. Okay. So next up, I want to talk about something that I think is massively slept on. It is a hot button topic. And that is number one, investing in yourself as a business owner. Yeah. Because I know that you have spent multiple six figures on Mm -hmm. courses, mentorship, masterminds, and all the things for you to become an awesome businesswoman, number one. And then number two, I want to talk about the difference between the money that you've spent on formal education for your business Mm -hmm. and the money you've spent with other creators. I want the whole rundown. Because the people don't want to spend any money, but they want to make all the money. So tell me everything. Yeah. So I think like chronologically, I go to college. Everyone is told we should go to college, get a degree, get a good job, blah, blah, blah. And so I go to this expensive liberal arts school. The tuition's like 40 grand a year. And I get two degrees. I get a marketing degree and an international business degree and a Spanish minor. Can hardly speak anymore, but... I digress. So I'm like stacking the diplomas. And at the same time, like I said, I graduate and I decide I'm going to take my business full time at this point. My businesses or my degrees, excuse me, I hardly use them now. And I spent 
over six figures getting that education. And there are like three specific things I remember and actually like refer back to still today. Yeah. And it's like one thing my professor said in econ 101 and like one thing that my accounting professor, one story she told us and like one thing my marketing advisor said to me, right? Like it's none of these classes or credits or hours or stupid group projects were were the things that like allowed me to have the business that I have today, but it is so normalized to go into so much debt, Debt. like endless student loan debt. Yep. Forever and ever and ever. A job that like you don't even like. Yep. That will fire you at lunch. You're just putting up at breakfast. They will fire. They will like, I mean, um, replace you. Your job will be on indeed. Yes. If you die at breakfast, it'll be on indeed by lunch. Uh huh. They're just going to insert someone else. Like it like blows my mind to just actually objectively look at the, the paradigm that exists, like the expectation that exists and how the illusion of safety is so strong with like corporate jobs or real jobs. Like, yes, benefits are cool. I I actually am looking forward to getting on my fiance's health insurance (laughs) once we're married. Like that's maybe the only thing, but other than that, like someone can take away your paycheck. Someone can take away your benefits. Your job is not as secure as you think it might be. And I think the pandemic was a huge like wake Wake up up call for that. I think now the economy, like there are layoffs happening, such a huge wake up call for that. No one can take your paycheck away if you're the one writing it. Like I am in full control. Put that of on a t-shirt, Marie. Put that on a t-shirt. No one right? can take your paycheck right? away if you are the one writing it. Let's go. I know the snaps for that. And like, I know how to make more money literally whenever I want. Like, how sick is that? And so do you. Like, we know if I wanted to go make $10,000 right now, I would know how to do it. Yeah. Like, I could just wake and be like, I desire an extra 10 grand today. Bam. And go make it. Yes. And on our own. Yeah. And yes, go make major. it happen. And that's because I've invested money learning how to actually do shit instead of like past tests, which I also was already really good at taking tests. So I didn't really need to learn that either. Like I, I cannot like emphasize enough that every money I have, every dollar I've invested in business mentors and growing my business and team and ads and all the different masterminds I've been in and stuff, every dollar I've put in, I have got more dollars out. And I don't think a lot of people can say that about their college education, that there is such a clear correlation between money in versus money out versus this piece of paper made me qualified to apply for this job on Indeed. Awful. What a scam diddly am college is. But I always like to hear that from people who are, um, who have completed it, who have the piece of paper yeah. or piece of papers Did the thing. in your, yeah. Yeah. Like I dropped out because I saw that college was a scam very early in life. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah. just want to make it clear too, that I'm not anti-education at all. I think education is the greatest thing that anybody could ever do. However, the public yeah. library is free. It's wide open. YouTube mm. is wide open. And then there are people like Marie and myself and all of our peers who have $27 ebooks, for example, who can teach you more actionable items that will change your life than giving four, six, and eight years of your life to a university. So I just want people to always know that there are so many other ways that our parents didn't know 
that their parents didn't know. And that status quo is over and there is no job Mm -hmm. security. And unless your name is on the front door, you could go at any time. And like you said, like those three action items that you take away in your business, you know, like I'm sure that there are some books that you could have read that gave you the same thing versus four Mm -hmm. years of your life and a hundred grand. Yeah, I think there's like one class I think back to that I'm like, oh, I wish I would have paid attention. And that's business law. Like, I I think that would have been helpful, maybe. For but sure. even then, I can just Google that shit now. Like, I or can just figure it out as attorney. I go or hire my attorney, call him up and pay him his hourly rate way cheaper, yep. <laughs> way yep. cheaper than my college same. tuition. That's for sure. Amen. And get the same question answered. And then I also want to talk about how investing in your business has helped you like privately outside of college, because Mm -hmm. I do find a lot of people, uh, sadly they want to YouTube everything. And I love, again, I love YouTube. I'm not saying no, but when we YouTube and, and free be our way through entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. information is going to be fragmented. It just is what it is Mm -hmm. versus investing in courses, classes, mentorships, and masterminds where someone with a proven record who is where you want to be is showing you a blueprint for something. Can you talk to how investing in your business that way has helped you? Yeah. So the analogy I love to use for this is if you're like a freebie collector, if you're like a internet scavenger where you're just collecting all this free information, effectively what you are doing is taking all these puzzle pieces from different puzzles, trying to jam them together. And you don't even have like a picture for reference. Like you are taking all these pieces that were never meant to go together and expecting it to make this like cohesive thing in the end. And actually hiring a mentor, joining a course, like having someone give you the whole picture and like the roadmap and the support along the way is the opposite of that, where you have, you have everything. You have all the pieces, they click together. They are meant to go together. There is an order of operations and it could not be a more different experience. I think a lot of people like, no, I can do it on my own. Like I can just Google it. And yes, I can get you started and you might actually get where you want to go but it will take you so much longer and you will have so much more frustration, overwhelm, failure, despair (laughs) along the way that you are costing yourself results. Like I cannot tell you how many times someone has been like, yeah, I totally want to join your program. Like I have this beginner program called online coach kickstart. Totally want to join your program. Um, but it's just like not the right time. So I'm going to try on my own for a while first. And then like six months, a year, I've had people come back over a year later and be like, you know what? I'm ready to join now. I go look at like their Instagram, see what they've been up to not shit they have not done anything or they've been throwing spaghetti at the wall like intermittently trying and they try something yeah try to see what sticks and nothing is sticking and so it's it's just there's no momentum like they have spent a year spinning their wheels instead of having an actual blueprint where like it is not uncommon for my clients to like make their investment back within half the amount of time of the program or by the end of the program, like is very easy. And so if you just get in the door, like it is not hard to make it worth it to have to take that leap 
But the longer you delay that, you are costing yourself there. That is actually something I learned in business school, but I didn't need to go to or marketing school, whatever was opportunity cost of like by you not taking an action by you not making an investment, there is a cost to that. And so if you are choosing to go so low and like figure it out as you go along, your opportunity cost is the results you are not seeing because you are not willing to make an investment. I could not agree So you save money in the short run, but you cost yourself results overall. Absolutely. And what people sleep on is that time is the only resource you will never get back. Yeah. It is not worth it. The money yeah. is is nothing. It's inconsequential. And I don't care what the investment is. When you go back and look at how much time that investment will save you. Like my biggest regret is mm. that I didn't just pay somebody to show me all this shit 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, why was yeah. I DIYing and YouTubing and free library? What a fool I must have been when all yep. of these human beings had the exact roadmap and all I had to do was follow it. You're going to get where you want to go a million times faster. And that's uh, not including buying something from me or Marie. That's just in life in general. Yep. And now as a seasoned entrepreneur, I don't want to read about nothing. I want to find who the best nope. person is and just pay them whatever they they ask and do everything mm-hmm. they say. Like I need it the fastest, smartest, best way. That our, our DIY days are done, guys. It's mm-hmm. 2023. It's time to do better. And um yeah. on the on the concept of doing better, what are you doing with your money? What are the rich bitches doing? With their finances, what is the get rich tip of the week? What should we be doing once we've invested in ourselves? We launched the yeah. business. We're making our first six and seven figures. What do we need to be doing with the funds, girl? Yeah, so two things. One, I'm such a big believer in enjoying your money and enjoying your hard work. Like you said, I'm a horse girl. You already like dropped that um, context, but I'm a horse girl. I spend an obscene amount of money riding my horse, going to horse shows, being a horse girl, living my best horse girl life where like $300 pants are like normalized. Like the amount of money that people spend on horse adjacent things is just insane. Um, And for context, if you're like not in the horse world at all, getting a, like I do show jumping, getting a show jumping horse and maintaining them is like equivalent to buying like the down payment of a property, paying the mortgage on the property. Like you have a lot of expenses Expensive. and that doesn't even include traveling to shows, buying a $8,000 saddle, your $300 pants, like the vet bills, the, my horse, my horse's shoes cost $600 every month. How insane is that? So a fresh but pair of Louboutins for a horse. Got yeah. For Perfect. her every month. Yep. So Anyway, that's not how to get more rich, but that's just like a reminder of enjoy your money as you're making it too. Like, don't be so fixated on just stacking cash. At least this is my philosophy at just stacking cash because such a big motivation for me, even when I was in high school and didn't know where any of this was was going to go was I want to make enough money to get back to horses. And I know that I need to be rich some way, somehow in order to fund that. And being a horse girl has always been like my kind of North star of getting rich somehow. So I enjoy it along the way. I am not waiting to be like 60 and retired to enjoy my money. Um, But in terms of stacking more money, 
knowing the value of your time, like we just talked about. And I literally just did my calculations for 2022, like what an hour of my time was worth in my business. And if you've never done that exercise, it's so helpful because you're like, oh, hiring my housekeeper to come for two hours to clean my whole house for like $200, no brainer. Because yep. not only am I buying that time back, I could spend two hours in my business, make $10,000 or whatever it is. Worth every and like that is a no brainer. And so it's multiplying your time, multiplying your output by knowing where does it make sense to bring people in? Where does it make sense to delegate, to automate, to even like delete stuff? Like I did that calculation. I was like, oh shit, something I'm selling is like so not worth it actually. Right. And so just knowing the value of an hour of your time gives you so much more perspective on what makes sense and you can multiply your time and your money. So smart. So smart. And what I like about that is it's applicable to anyone in any field. Knowing Mm -hmm. the value of your time is so key so that you can move accordingly. So you can make the most informed and best decisions for your business life, for your personal life and enjoying your money while you have it. Like exactly. We're not waiting till we're 900 years old. We will never be younger Mm -hmm. and richer and hotter than we are now. Like let's, let's enjoy it. Life is for the living people. Don't just make all the money and pile it up to the moon. Like we've got to enjoy it in the meantime. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've got two more questions for you. A short one and then a big one. Um, what are you reading right now? What should the people be reading? What are we adding to our catalog? You've got like four degrees. So you're a reader. (laughs) What should we be adding? What is the get rich read of the week? Okay. I've always loved reading, but I'm going to give you probably an unpopular take on this is I have not read a business book in a hot minute. Like I read all the books, listened to all the business podcasts for a long time. And I've been in an era, like a season for a few years now, actually, where I mostly read for fun. Like I mostly read novels. I read fantasy. I read romance. I read like rom-coms. I I don't read scary books. Hell no. But if I'm reading, it's usually for fun because you have to have some way to like do something outside of your business in order to show up and be creative and have energy for inside your business. And so I think there's definitely a time and a place for the information gathering, for the studying, for the like absorbing everything you can get your hands on. But at this point in my business, like I've been with my mentor for multiple years. I know exactly where to go for like certain things. And so I'll pick up a book here and there. Um, Like I think the last book I bought was The Lifestyle Investor. And it's on my desk, but I'm only like halfway through it. But I read for fun almost every day as like a not money-making activity. <laughs> I am not mad at it at all. And you know what? I You may be the first person who's ever said that on the show, but I think it's still valuable because like you said, or at least in my position in business, I'm in a stage where everything is business. Everything is growth. Mm-hmm. Everything is scale. Unless I'm on literal vacation everything is business 24, seven, 365. So just to have that outlet of unplugging of being Mm -hmm. on the receiving end of information and not output, I think is a major key just to rest, relax. It doesn't have to be all about sales funnels. 
sometimes we can yeah, just read yeah. about freaking romance. Like, I love yeah. that. I still want you to give me a book, though. It doesn't have to be business. Okay. What was your favorite thing you've read this year, maybe? Mm, okay, so... I would say if if we're going fun books, yes, fun. The books that I've read the most are actually popping off right now. They are like viral all over TikTok. There's a whole side of TikTok called Book Talk. If you're not okay. familiar, I'm not. Um, and everyone's talking about this book se- book series called A Court of Thorns and Roses, and it's like a fantasy book series that the first book is kind of modeled after like Beauty and the Beast, but oh, after okay. that, the series goes like a totally different direction. Um, and it's like young adult. Um, there's spice. There's like intrigue. There's um, Lots of like drama. There's okay. a little like political, uh, like there, there's politics happening between all these different courts and stuff. So there's so many plot lines. There's also the author has all these other books and they're all interconnected. Spoiler alert. And it's like this whole world that you can immerse yourself in. But I've read that series legit four times because every time a new book comes out I start the series from the beginning so it's like it's kind of gross how much time I've spent reading these books but if we're looking for like a like a businessy personal development book one of the books I recommend to almost all of my beginner clients is you are a badass at making money yeah I think that is such a good book just to get aligned yes just get aligned with attracting money, wanting money, admitting that you want money, be like calling money in. Um, and that can be like such a good springboard for getting in that headspace and I even identifying like what your blocks are. So if we're looking for like the personal development read, um, I love that one. And that's a great place to start. I, I totally agree. I think I read the yellow one, the green one, and then maybe there's like a blue one, yep. but yeah, she's brilliant. And mm-hmm. I grew up a Hunger Games girl. So this uh, book oh, yeah. series you're talking about already sounds like my jam because I spent entirely too much you time. Should, you should try it. Freaking Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Lord have mercy. That just yes. takes me back. I'm seeing myself reading that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Last question for this incredible interview. I could talk to you for like 700 hours, but I need to let you get back to your horse. So <laughs> I want to wrap this up by saying um, one of my biggest beliefs And something that has gotten me so far in life is just admitting that I don't know what I don't know. And Mm. it's, it's taken me to the moon. So with that said, my question for you, Marie, is what did I not ask you about that I should have? Hmm. I know this stumps the people. They're not yeah, ready for that's this. such a good question. I, I like had my you... answers prepared for the other ones. <laughs> like, what is the thing that you know about that I did not ask you about and I should have? Hmm. I think maybe the other thing that people come to me for as like a huge zone of genius is content and building a presence on social media. Um, and a recent conversation that I was having with one of my clients was she was like, I don't know what to post. I feel so creatively blocked, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what do you actually want to say? Like, what do you, what is blocking you from saying what you mean? Cause she had just told me all this stuff about, it's so annoying when people do this. I was just helping my client with blah, blah, blah. She's all these things. Turns out she needed to block her ex-boyfriend, but I digress. <laughs> the magic of social media That's that great so many advice people are trying everybody. to replicate. 
Block your ex-boyfriend. The magic of social media that so many people are trying to replicate when they see people who are good at social media, other than reps, is saying what you mean and being unafraid to have people not agree with you or to rub people the wrong way or for people to not like it. Like, say what the fuck you mean and, like, let it be... All of it, right? Let yeah. yourself play full out. Let it, let yourself be fully expressed. I have like over 6,000 Instagram posts. So I also have the reps for sure. Like I've put in my 10,000 hours of content creation plus some, but so many people are so worried about like, what hashtags should I use? What um, filter? How should I filter my photos? Should I do a reel or a feed post? But yep. like really what the app magic are you that you're trying to, to emulate. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. The Just magic the people thing. are trying to emulate is saying what you mean. Mean and like adding value, which is not actually very good advice. And I can go into that if you want. Adding value is just very incomplete advice. Not just adding value, but adding value your way and doing all of it as you, because yes, the space can be saturated. Yes, there can be other people who have already said it, but no one can say it like you can if you actually bring your full self to the table. And that's why I love that question, because we would not have gotten that gem if I didn't just admit yeah. that I don't know. I'm going to have to steal that for my show. Please. It is yours to have. But I just realized, like, you are such a wealth of knowledge. Everybody I bring on this show is such a fountain of information. And as much research as I Thank do you. on you, I will still never scratch the surface. So I don't want to yeah. be out the gems for the people. And Marie is almost at 200,000 Instagram followers. She's done, like she said, 6,000 posts. She's not making this up. Okay. She's got Mm -hmm. the receipts to prove that sometimes you just need to say exactly what's on your mind and just put your sauce into it. Put your thoughts into it. Don't be scared of backlash or um, people not being pleased with what you have to say because you cannot please everybody Mm -hmm. ever and you shouldn't and there should people should come to your page and log out they should just be repulsed like oh she's talking about being a rich bitch this is not for me yeah perfect something i say to my clients show up exactly and something i say to my clients all the time like they they know what i'm going to say this is if your content is not strong enough to repel the wrong people it's not strong enough to attract the right people either so like say it with your chest, like say it with your full chest. And yes, there is strategy. There is so much strategy that goes into it. And that's like a whole other episode, but I could give you the playbook. And if you're holding yourself back from saying what you mean, it's not going to work or at least work work as well as it could. So true. It's not the apps guys. It's not the editing. It's not like Mm -hmm. our brand colors. It's because Mm -hmm. we say the things and we stand on it and we mean it. Marie, I knew you were going to bring it, babe. I knew you were going to give me what I needed. It was such I knew a the pleasure. bar was high. I was like a little nervous for this. I was like, okay, Asia's episode on my show was so good. Like, I need to bring the heat. This needs and to be just did. as good. And thank you, you, thank you did. You did. We might need a part 400 at this point because we're just going to go I'm back down. and forth interviewing each done. other over and yeah. over. Um, lastly, let the people know where they can find you online. Where can they get immersed in all things Marie and where can they join the online Kickstarter? Like tell them everything. 
Yeah. So my main hub of content that I'm on every day is Instagram. My username there is Marie E. Wold, W-O-L-D. And usually you can find links, kind of all the things there. Um, but I also have MarieWold.com, no extra E. Um, I have TikTok and my um free workshop is actually an amazing resource if anyone wants to learn more about coaching. It's my proven five-phase process for getting fully booked as an online coach. And you can go find that at bit.ly, bit.ly slash booked in 3030. Love it. And of course, it will all be in the show notes, guys, like I do every single week, just in case you missed that. But that was amazing. I am so excited for this episode to drop. Thank you, Marie. Thank you, Get Rich crew. I will see you guys next week. Behave yourselves and go out there and make some money. <laughs> Until Thank then. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Peace. My pleasure, babe. Bye, guys. One, two, three, four. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you've learned something amazing, let's continue the conversation. Follow me on Instagram at get rich or get drunk trying and tell me what you took from today's show. Then tap in at getrichorgetdrunktrying.com to get all the details and links from today's episode. I cannot wait to get rich with you next time. Until then, peace.